Amen. You're all in trouble this morning. <laughs> you know what is, you know that phrase that says now, when the cat is away. <laughs> I'm about to have fun with you all this morning. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's gonna be. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna behave. I think Barna has spies everywhere. So I, <laughs> I gotta be my utmost behavior, or except when the Holy Ghost shows up. So, ah, it's good to see your faces. Everybody understand my accent pretty well. It doesn't sound southern, does it? I hear from a lot of people say that. See, it's kind of British, and then every now and then there's a like a twang that <laughs> that creeps in there, and then there's this African thing. I don't know what's up with that. I said, I'm just trying to keep on your toes. That's all. So, Amen. So, Father, we just thank you for this morning. We just want to say that we love you, Father. You're good. You're all is good. You're wonderful. We thank you, Jesus, for what you did on that cross. For without it, we don't have access to the Father. Without it, we're lost completely. And Holy Ghost, I thank you for raising Jesus from the dead. And because of what he's done, we can also... Rise up with your power as we go forth. So, Holy Spirit, I just want to say you're welcome here. Come and just touch this place, break this place, touch huts, and just bring forth what you desire this morning. And we all say it. Amen. Now, I'm going to put myself on a timer. Okay. So, when I was asking the Lord, what do you want me to speak about this morning? He reminded me of something that... Uh, um, she's my. There's something about music and me preaching that I just love. So I gotta. So if this is new for you, join the club. It's gonna be all right. And I just had the father remind me of something that uh, they had started whispering to me a while back. And I think I was just sitting in the backyard, just chilling. You know. Um, you know, because in our backyard, we have a pond. We have, you know, a few, a couple horses that are back and a couple of cows. <clears throat> and how the fathers clearly say in a Martin Luther King voice, I have a dream. And the father kind of got, got me off guard completely. And he kept on repeating over and over and over and over. I have a dream. I have a dream. I have a dream. And the father said, I want to share with you what my dream is in my heart. And I said, okay, daddy, I'm listening. And he took me to Luke. Okay, Luke chapter 1, starting from verse 26. I'm just going to read this out. Okay, remember what I'm talking about. The father has a dream in his heart. And by his grace, I'm going to try to lay it out the best way and how to lay it out. And this is what he says in Luke. He says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man 
named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. How can this happen? I want you to think about that question. Just hold on to that question in your heart. I'm going to come back to it. And he goes, and then the angel goes, they said, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren. But she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. I could just start preaching right there. The word of God will never fail. See, my background is this. <clears throat> I didn't grow up with a father. So even, <clears throat> even relating to God as a father was one of the most difficult things. Just because if you don't have a daddy in your life, or even if you have a daddy in your life, there's some that are good dads or some that are bad dads. But either way, they'll never attain the perfection of God the Father himself. So in the Father's heart, there's this dream that he had. Because to be a father... You have to have sons and daughters, right? Others, what are you a father to? So the father was speaking to me and he goes, here's how my dream begun. Right there. In look. That is what was in my heart. Because from that one person that I was going to send to this earth, they'll come out to be many more just like him. They'll come out to be many more just like him. And there's times that we ask ourselves, just the same way Mary asked, how is this even possible? Because if you actually realize how utterly lost we were, because thank God we're not lost anymore. <laughs> Uh, utterly lost we were when that reality sinks in you start seeing how the father started dreaming way before time ever begun about me about you and making a way a possible way to make sure that that dream will be absolutely fulfilled in his heart that dream is still progressing we have not attained the fullness of it but you can see the beginning of it and you can see when he, right here, when the Holy Spirit 
was dictating all this stuff to Luke and he was writing them down. You could see absolutely the tenderness in the father's heart and the desire that he really heard above all things. So when you look at that, that scripture, or those verses in Luke, you know what it says in Isaiah. There's a place where it says in Isaiah. This I think this is Donna Carla's favorite, favorite verse in Isaiah. You know, behold, I do a new thing. Will you not perceive it? Behold, I do a new thing. Behold, I do a new thing. Will you not perceive it? What happened here had never happened in the history of mankind. What happened in Luke had never happened in the history of mankind. Where the Holy Spirit overshadowed somebody who was a total virgin. And out of that came a life that is worth more than anything we could ever imagine. And the father said to me, that's how my dream began. That's how I knew I was going to be able to make sure that this dream is absolutely going to be fulfilled. So now we're going to fast forward a little bit. Okay. He's Jesus already born. He's grown. You know what happened when he was 13. He was in the temple. And you know his very words were about my father's business. And then we fast forward a little bit more. And now he's a grown man. And he's going about revealing who the father is. Okay. Because I don't need to tell you all that story again. So I'm not going to go back and revisit that story. But hopefully most of you know that story. So Jesus went about revealing the Father. Because he said in his own words. That whatever I do. I only do what I see my Father doing. He told Philip. Hey, have you seen me? You've seen who? The Father. So his whole entire mission was to make sure. That he absolutely exactly represented the Father's heart. Just exactly as he is in heaven. He demonstrated that continuously. Every place that he went, he touched and healed the sick. Every place where he went, he did something that just revealed exactly what was in the Father's heart. No matter what. He never condemned a single soul. For everybody that came to him, he healed. So every time I look at scripture, what I see is an exact representation of the Father himself. Because that's what exactly Jesus was doing. He went about touching lives. And saying hey. If you've seen me. You have seen the father. Everything that I do is this. I'm the bread of life that the father sent from above. Just the same way the father sent bread to the Israelites in the deserts. I am the bread of life that the father sent. That you may have life. Here's a dream that is in the father's heart. And it's beginning to take, it's beginning to develop, it's beginning to unfold as it goes, it's beginning to unfold. And you can see Jesus in every place that he goes. You can see Jesus 
in his speech, in his words that he speaks. It just oozes with the Father's heart. Oozes with the Father's heart. Continuously oozing out with the Father's heart. And Jesus walking around in his heart, I can see him saying, Father, your dream is becoming a reality. Your dream is becoming a reality. To the point where Jesus knew the Father's dream so well that he said, I am willing, willingly by my own choice, willing to lay my own life down. That I can see the Father's dream be absolutely fulfilled. Oh, thank you, Father. You see, that thing that took place in Luke was so profound. It was such a big, big miracle. Because it affects me. It affects you. We will not be sitting here if that miracle did not happen. At all. There's no way. We'll be sitting here if that miracle that was in the Father's heart did not take place as it's written in Luke. Because if you notice, it was the Holy Ghost that came and overshadowed Mary. And out of that, a spirit-born life appeared on this earth that had never happened had never appeared ever before and you can see Jesus himself repeating the same thing that just took place in his own in his own life you can see him repeating the same message again in John 3 the same message to a person named Nicodemus and here's what he says there in John 3 Starting from verse 3. So there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader, who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Just think about that and reflect back on what it says in Luke. Just think about what Jesus is saying here and reflect what it says in Luke. Just that parallelism. And he goes on to say, What do you mean? Explained Nicodemus. Remember what Mary asked. How can this be? How can this happen? How is this even possible? And Nicodemus is asking the exact same question that Mary asked, which is, how is this even possible? How can I go back to my mama's womb and be born again? It's impossible. The same way when Mary was looking at that angel, she's like, surely this is not possible. I've never been with a man, so how can that be? And Nicodemus is going the same way, going, how is this possible? How can I be born again? What? So here's Jesus revealing. Here's the Father's dream. 
in order for you to enter that which is always halfway from the beginning of time. This is how the process begins. You have to be born again. And obviously, we humans, we have very limited understanding. It was a true, genuine, honest question that came from Nicodemus' heart. The same way it was a true, honest, genuine question that came from Mary herself. And he goes on to say, How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Remember what they say there back in Luke, right? The word of God will not what? Fail. Here, you hear Jesus saying out of his own mouth. Okay. I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Usually water is representative of the word of God. Because you wash yourself and cleanse yourself by the word of God. And the spirit obviously is the Holy Spirit. So you notice back in Luke, you can see the connection where the word of God was spoken. And the Holy Spirit acted on that word to make sure that that word was not going to fail. To make sure that dream that was in the Father's heart will absolutely start happening. And here's Jesus revealing the Father's heart, the Father's dream, saying, listen, here it is. If you want this, this is how it needs to happen. And obviously it was still difficult for Nicodemus to even comprehend it or even understand how this is possible. The things that God does absolutely buffle us. That's why you got to have the Holy Spirit explaining and teaching us and leading us into all truth. All right, let's keep on going. And he goes on and says, humans can reproduce only human life. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. See, Jesus himself was opening a door, was setting a standard, and was absolutely saying, here is what is in my father's heart, and here is how he wants to do it. This is how he wants to fulfill that which is in his heart. So everything that we read from Luke and what we just read from John. The father was never interested in taking the old and trying to make it new. Okay? The father was never interested in saying, I'm going to take the old and make that old new. We used to doing that as human beings. We take old cars, we rubbish it, we try to make them new. We take stuff, we try to fix it, we try to make it new. So somehow in our minds, we are kind of stuck in this process of God is trying to take the old and trying to make it new. 
But the father's dream was not to take the old and make it new. The father's dream was to completely make something brand new. Period. And the only way to make it brand new was to make sure that he can nullify that which was old and buried. That's why Jesus, the son of God, who's God himself, had to die so that the old stuff can be dead also. That when he resurrected, we are resurrected to a new life. So the father's heart is this. I am making a new creation. I'm not taking an old creation and trying to make a new. I am completely making a new creation. I'm making a new person, a new man, a new woman. That is the father's heart. And he does all this because he's just simply good. It's not an earning thing. We can never earn it. There is no way we'll ever be able to attain that which the father said. His standard is so high. And he said the only way this can happen is for me myself to lay my life down. So that way I can start something brand new. Because his word is in my heart. Okay. His word is in the Father's heart. That he's all as one. I love the way the Holy Spirit puts it in Ephesians. He puts it better than this African can put it. So the best thing I can do is just read it. So his word is in the Father's heart. I go to Ephesians 1. It says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who was blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. Even before... He made the world. God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us into himself through Christ Jesus. This is what he wanted to do. I'm just going to leave it there. What does it say right now? This is what. What he wanted to do. It was not a compulsion. It was not a knee-jerk reaction. It was a dream that was in the Father's heart. From way back in eternity, this is the Father that loves us. And he dreamed of us. He dreamed of what it would be like. He dreamed that one day he would be able to restore us. To himself. Not the old. To new. But completely brand new. Because the word is really clear. Very clear. And this is what the word says. Very, very clear. I'm going to come back to the Ephesians one. It says it's very clear. You know, this is 2 Corinthians 5. Starting from verse 16. It says, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become what? A new person. The old life is what? Gone. A new life has? In the Father's dream. Awesome. This is the Father's heart. 
The old is gone, the new has come. The old is gone, the new has come. So us who are in Christ Jesus, we are a new creation. We're not trying to contend to become new. The Father made sure he eliminated our part. He just said, because they asked the disciples, the old fallen just said, no, what? What must we do to do the works that you do, right? How can we do what you do? And what did Jesus reply? The only work that the Father requires from me is what? Believe in the one whom he sent. Period. He didn't add any more. He just said, believe in the one whom he sent. I'm standing in front of you. That's what Jesus is saying. I'm here. I'm here to fulfill the Father's dream. I am the Father's dream being fulfilled in your lives. So if you believe in me, you become a new person completely. So God does not deal with us in the old life. God deals with that in the new life. That's why Paul says, how differently we know him now. How differently we know him now. We're not knowing Jesus as the crucified Christ. We know Jesus currently as the resurrected Christ. That's what it is. It's the resurrected Christ. It's a new life. It's a new life. The Father's dream was to give us a new life. To give us a new start. That's what was in his heart. That's what burned in his heart. And as the father was saying, I have a dream. I have a dream. The more he kept on explaining, the more I got unraveled. Because I realized how good and awesome a father we have. How good and awesome a father we have. He didn't say, I'm just going to try and fix you, African. He said, no, no, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make you brand new. So when he deals with me, he deals with me in Christ, in the resurrection, as a new person. Because when Christ died, guess what? I died too. When he was crucified on that cross, I was crucified. My whole life was crucified. When he went to the grave, I died in the grave with him. And when he resurrected, I came up a new person with him. So the way I know him now is the resurrected Christ. Not the old Christ that is on the cross, but the resurrected Christ. But that's where the dream begins. It's at the cross. When you look at that cross and you look at the blood that was all over it, and you look at how it was bid and bid and bid, that's where the Father's dream began so that we can have a brand new life. So let's go back. Let's go back to Ephesians. Ephesians 1. I'm going to finish this. And it said, this is what he wanted to do. It gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his own son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. I don't know about you, man. So let's get this straight. In the Father's heart, he has this dream. He's going to go perform this miracle that his son will be born by the Holy Ghost. Make sure that he's nailed to the cross and make sure that he dies and he resurrects. So that I myself 
when he woos me in and says, I've already made provision for you. I've already made a way for you to become a new creation. All you have to do is believe in my son. And once you've done that, you're born again by the spirit of God into a new life. That's why John cried out, what manner of love is this that will be called the children of God? John, I call John the apostle of love. He knew something about the Father's love that was so deep, so deep that he wrote books of it and made sure that we got a hold that God is love, God is love, that God is love, that God the Father is love. He is love, he is love, he is love. All he wants to do is shower kindness, grace, and mercy all the days of our life. That's why the psalmist cried out, King David said, Surely goodness will follow me all the days of my life. Goodness and mercy all the days, all the days, all the days. He did not say some days, but he said all the days. So the father's dream is very clear. We are the dream. We are what was in his heart from the beginning. And he said, I'm going to make sure I make a way so that way when you come into my kingdom, you will become a son and a daughter. I put a signet ring on you and I put a cord on you and I call you son and daughter. That is what is in the father's heart. He's a good father. He's a good father. And that's the place that I'm coming from. It took me a while to even realize that because I didn't have a dad in my life. So even knowing what that love was like was difficult. But the father has pursued me over and over through all the mess, through all the mistakes, and pursued me over and over and over. He pursues us over and over. He is relentless. He said, I have shown you that I have everything. I've given everything. I gave my son so he can know that I will not hold one single thing back from you. Because I just want to pour kindness and grace and love upon love, mercy upon mercy all the days of your life. That's the hearts of the father. That's the father's dream. He says, I dance over you and I rejoice over you. I don't know whether there's another father like that. You tell me where you can find one like that. The father's dream is so extravagant. I'm not even doing it justice trying to explain. I told the Lord, I was telling my Mary this once. I feel so scared. I feel so intimidated. Because if I, even, I don't even know what I can express. What is will in your heart that clearly? It's overwhelming me. I said, I cannot even do it justice. I said, Father, you're asking somebody who didn't have a father in their own home to speak about the father's heart? As if it's as this possible. Okay, somebody got that one. Somebody got that one. <laughs> How is this possible? And the father is so good. I'm about done. He was so good that he said this. I'm going to make sure that you know that what I say is true. Just like he said in Hebrews, you know. He looked at Abraham and he said, listen, there's nobody else greater to swear by. Guess what? Therefore, I'm going to swear by myself that that which I promised, I will do what? Do it. So to make sure that he had that guarantee in our lives. That very guarantee in our lives. He said, I am going to send my Holy Spirit into your heart. That you will know 
without a shadow of a doubt that you are mine, that you are mine, because that is a deposit, an installment of that which he's actually going to do in his dream to make sure it is fulfilled at the very end. We will get to the very end with the Father. And we will see the love that is in heart. It is much greater than anything we can ever know or describe. You have to have the Holy Ghost to help you understand even a little bit of it. And this is what he says in 2 Corinthians. The Bible says a lot better than I can. Some from chapter 1, it says this. It is God who enables us along with you to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us. And he has what? Identified us. Has his own. By what? Placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts. As the what? First installment. The what? The guarantees everything he has promised us. So if you are filled with the Holy Ghost and you have Holy Spirit activity in life, you should rejoice. You should rejoice. You should rejoice because it's guaranteed. He has put his deposit in there saying, I will do that which I have promised. That is the Father's heart. How great is he? Just stand up. I'm done. Just stand up. You just need to start receiving some more of that. You just need to start receiving some of that. Woo! Oh! Oh, Father, how good. Just start telling me how good it is. Just open your mouth. Just say, Father, I receive your goodness. Father, I receive your mercy. Father, I receive your spirit. I receive. I receive. I receive. I take it in. I drink it off. I drink it off. I drink off of your love, Father, because you are good. Oh, how extravagant, how awesome your dream is, Father. We are your dream, Father. We are so thankful. Once that enters your heart, it changes everything. It changes your whole outlook of Jesus himself. It changes your whole outlook of the Father. It makes you want to run to him and fall at his feet and kiss his feet and love him and worship him because he is worthy. He is worthy because his dream is flawless and perfected.